This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Cousins throwing for it, touchdown! Who else? Stephon Diggs! And the Vikings draw first blood. All those backups, Billy Turner and Elijah Wilkinson, are going to be called upon. Heavy pressure on Simeon, trying to set the screen up. Able to get it away nicely. Rock Thomas going to go the whole way. Off the screen play for 78 yards to the house. Hey, I have a dumb question for you, Judd Zilgad. Yes, sir. That was Steve Levy doing the play-by-play on NFL Network on Saturday night, right? Uh, no, it's actually... Oh, yes, it? Yes, it's him. Oh, it is. On the Broncos television right. preseason. Yes. Right, okay. So That's he, him. Is he still at ESPN? Yeah. So he just Those guys all, his... all get jobs do, doing play-by-play. The Vikings are unusual because they, they simulcast the radio call. But ordinarily, it's uh, it's a potpourri of guys who are actually big name who always get, get those jobs because yeah. those jobs are so damn simple for the most part because you do four games and you're done. Are they? I mean, they're simple in that regard. But I would think once oh, you get to like this, to the second half and you have a ninety do you man think you roster, care, though? <laughs> you're just making like up names. if you're if you're a huge name broadcaster and you've been hired by the Saints, do you think you're really concerned about the fourth string guy, or are you just like no. that was a nice tackle there? Now let's talk about Drew Brees and the expectations for the 2018 season. In fact, by the way, uh, welcome to the show. We are Mackie and Judd, and uh, we're happy to be talking some football to start the show instead of talking about sad things like we did yesterday. I know for people wondering why are there no podcasts available? Are you guys like blacking out the podcast because there's a bunch of changes at 1500 ESPN? No, we had some unfortunate untimely technical problems with some of our software here yesterday that should be resolved and we should be posting podcasts from the last few days but if i was a broadcaster in the second half i might just like make up names for fun to see if anyone noticed oh i think you do and yeah. uh there's uh there's brooks mcgee with a nice catch over the middle there for the broncos oh, I think you brooks definitely went do. to fulham college in london and now let's talk about the starting left tackle <laughs> job again because i'm not going to talk about fourth string guys and i'm making one hundred fifty thousand dollars to call four preseason games exactly so, I don't know, you guys, I'm sure you and Kyler, and Kyler's going to join us, talk more Vikings today. Myron Medcalf is going to hang out from 10 o'clock until 1 o'clock today. I'm sure you guys dissected every which part of the Vikings game on Saturday night. I want to run a couple things by you that I was keenly aware of in the first quarter, especially in this Case Keenum versus Kirk Cousins throwdown it wasn't much in high a, altitude. It wasn't much of a battle. But that's what I noticed. Here's the funny thing. So... Kirk Cousins made an unbelievable throw down the right sideline to Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. But all I could think about was like, so I'm not trying to take credit away from it. It was an amazing throw. But how luxurious is it to drop back and throw a ball in a pretty tightly covered window to a guy who's like reaching out with his fingertips with the sideline one step to his right? Yep. And he reels it in with ease in that situation. How many other wide receivers in the NFL? are going to make that catch on a regular basis because Stefan Diggs makes that catch on a regular basis. Yep. Antonio Brown makes that Thielen catch on a regular basis. make that catch, actually, yep. too. And I, I actually said that. I said, I, I know it's preseason game one and it means nothing, but, I, but if you're a Vikings fan, appreciate that. Because how long post-Moss, so starting in 2005, 
How long did we go thinking Bobby Wade's not too bad? How oh long? God. How long did, oh, did we go? Marcus Robinson still has yeah, some gas in the tank. Watching Michael Jenkins old and broken down. Devin Aromashadu dropped Christian Ponder's best pass of all time. Uh, Williamson in Denver dropped a pass from Tavares Jackson that was a beautiful pass. Appreciate, and I get the game means zero, but appreciate the fact that Diggs, we, we have now just assumed that, oh, Diggs is going to catch that ball. Yeah. No, we went for a long time in this town watching garbage at wide receiver. Yeah, you can, you can drop back as a quarterback, and again, it was a perfect pass, mm-hmm. but you can drop back as a quarterback and kind of just put one up there, and Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are going to either bail you out or make you look really, really good. And I would even argue, too, the route that Diggs ran near the goal line for the touchdown, just quick step off the line of scrimmage, boom, boom. You just need a sliver of a window, and he's got a defender draped all over his arms, and he hangs on, and he scores a touchdown. That's a great pass, too, again. It, It was. And then on the flip side, I'm watching Case Keenum in this game. And Denver has had a really good group of wide receivers off and on for the last several years, too. I mean, it's part of the reason why they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. But I'm watching Keenum at least two or three times. Inaccurate on throws, but like, you know, within jumping distance of a wide receiver. We got so used to those throws being caught on a regular basis by Case Keenum last year. How many times would he drop back, sometimes in panic, and literally lob a ball up in the air, and, oh, there's Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen to bail you out. Absolutely. Even in the NFC Championship, well, maybe not that game, but the game before that against the <laughs> New Orleans Saints, right? And so there are two passes in particular where he throws it, they're definitely errant and high, but sort of catchable if the wide receiver times a jump well or yeah. has a vertical like Stefan Diggs. And all I could think was, man, like life is really, really good when you have two wide receivers like Diggs and Thielen. And so yes. maybe all the Case Keenum love that was, he, he deserves credit, but when you put a quarterback into an offensive Ferrari with those skill position players, it helps quite a bit. And you saw that in the first preseason game. I also go back to the fact that I think the Vikings made the smart move here based on this. If you look at Keenum's career, if Case Keenum, if Case Keenum was truly going to break out and show and show something that without a shadow of a doubt led you to believe that this guy was going to turn into a quality long-term starting QB, it happened by now, right? Mm-hmm. Last year was fun and God bless him, he seems like a very good guy. But if you're the Vikings, I think you had to take a step back which they did and say this is likely not going to be repeatable for him. He might still be okay. But, I mean, this is a guy who was a backup for as long as he was for a re- reason. And if we have a 13-3 and team with the expectation that we can now make a Super Bowl, the realistic goal has to be how can we get a quarterback who we, who we think has a far better chance to sustain success. And I just don't think, and we, we talked about this a lot during the course of last year, I just don't think that Keenum is that guy long term. Yeah, I think you're, you're going to watch the season, not to, not to extrapolate, you know, to take from one quarter of preseason football and just like, oh, that's what's going to happen going forward here. It's very possible Case Keenum has a good year and who knows what Kirk Cousins is going to be. But I think the likely scenario is Kirk Cousins is elevated big time unless the offensive line completely sabotages everything. But even then, like he's going to be ele- got hurt yesterday. Yeah, well, he's but I he's think okay. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be elevated by the great wide receivers here. Yep. And I think you're going to find that Case Keenum is going to look a lot more errant and, a- and inaccurate without jumping, leaping, and in some cases, uh, cases reaching and diving catches multiple times per game. One more thing, too. Um, Rock Thomas. My God. I'm in on Rock Thomas. Wow. 
Mr. Mankato. After huh? one game, I'm in on Rock Thomas. Well, he can do a lot of things. Which, th- this again comes back to, to the conversation about how that position has evolved and changed, right? It used to be if I handed you, you the ball and you and you found a gap and ran, I'd be like, you know what? There's something there. Now it's, can you run the ball? Can you find the holes? Can you block? Can you catch? Rock Thomas can do those things. So he brings the multitude of things that in 2018 are absolutely necessary to have success at that position. Yeah, I mean, he seems like, and again, it's one preseason game, and I'm definitely overreacting, but you watch him and you're like, okay, that's not just ordinary guy breakaway speed there, too, on that play. I'm I'm not saying he's a world-class sprinter, but... Uh, everything you were hoping to see from a guy who maybe this could be at some point when Latavius Murray's out of the picture, maybe this is your backup sort of right-hand man to yeah. uh, Dalvin Cook. And he did nothing. Rock Thomas did nothing in game one to disprove that theory. If you So what you're, you're, say, what you're saying is he's got a very good chance at Mr. Mankato. He does have a good I'm chance. I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. Ding, ding. All right. Um, well, actually, I think this happened yesterday on Instagram. Was it yesterday? Yes. Jimmy Butler? I think it was yesterday, yes. So Jimmy Butler, I'm just going to read you the Instagram post. Yeah. He sends out a photo, and the caption is, One job of a leader is to show the lost ones the way. Every last one of these idiots behind me look lost, shake my head. And it's like, is it three of his friends or something that are behind him? I have him? no clue who's behind him. Yeah, okay. it's, I didn't recognize any of them, so I just figured that's what, I, that's what he was talking about. Okay. But... You know, obviously the there's the, a connotation a little that, bit. Yeah. Okay. That he's oh, yeah. trying to. So 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 then one wise fan, according to uh, Larry Brown Sports, I didn't read through the comment section, but other people did. One wise fan decided to drop a comment in response to Butler's post that read, "So show Towns and Wiggins the way instead of crying about them." Like people are looking at this thing. Is this another sideways shot at the young guys on the Wolves roster? Mm-hmm. And Butler responds to the fan and says, "I don't cry about." Bleep. Mm-hmm. I'm a grown bleep man. You show them since you have the answers. Why? What is going on here? Like, this is continuing. I to- told you before the show started, if this was an isolated thing and it was a one-time thing, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Who cares? Let's not e- even discuss yeah. it. But this is just one of a series of Butler basically saying, peace out, I'm done. And Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler can make a lot more here. But I think you need to keep in mind that there's a very good chance that if he and Kyrie can team up and go to the Knicks or somewhere, that he's not necessarily going to say, well, it's it's a big contract from the Wolves, so I'm staying. I just, I'll go back to what I've been asking you for a long time now, which is, is there a plan here? Because this guy seems disgruntled at every turn. And, and he also, Butler, there's no question, can lead. I get that, okay? I think people look to him. That being said, there are two types of people who, who can lead. There are those who want to and say, you know what? Kids follow me. And then there's those who say, you know what? You kids make me want to puke. I'm done here. You might like me. I don't like you. I'm taking door two right now. And I honestly want to know, do the Wolves have a plan here for this guy? If they're convinced, and I'm becoming more and more convinced, that there is a very good chance that if things maintain this track, he's going to bail on them. Yeah, by the way, Doogie uh, doing some investigative reporting here. Uh, He says it's Jimmy's agent, trainer, and chef. So agent, trainer, and chef. It would be nice to walk around with your personal chef. Just which one's the which one's his agent is what I want. Bernie is it Bernie Lee? Oh, it, yeah, on the okay. left there. I got it. Yeah, it's Bernie agent, Lee, agent, trainer, and chef. I don't know. I do you think what percentage <laughs> of this do you think is him just kind of clowning around with three guys I think it's in a this me- core no, group? And I think what it's percentage a is him? Like, I think it's a message. I do too. I don't think I don't. I do too. I don't think it guarantees he's going to leave. But I'm telling you, how many of these warning shots does he have to fire? 
before. <laughs> I want to know, Tibbs, do you got a plan here? It's it's pretty Glenn? incredible if they can't find a way, led by Tom Thibodeau, who's supposed to be he's supposed to be the straw that stirs this drink and brings everyone together, right? I mean, that's what the head man is supposed to do in this situation. If you're the coach of this team, your job is not to be divisive. Your job is to bring star young player together with star superstar uh, uh, older player. And if that hasn't happened yet this offseason, and we're knocking on the door of training camp, we're halfway through August. The NBA season is on the horizon here. Yeah. If 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 we're right that this is just another sort of passive aggressive shot, and there's a reason why Carl Anthony Towns hasn't signed his max contract yet. I, I'm I'm 99 sure he's going to sign it, but is Towns trying to send a message with his silence in terms of not picking up the pen? And if this is the case, how bad of a leader are you? Tom Thibodeau to not be able to get these guys in a room and say, "Hey, we have a chance to do right. something pretty special here, not just this year, but to get to get on the same page for the next four to five years through Jimmy Butler's prime. Let's do this together. What is your job if you can't get those guys to bond and play together? If and the, you can't, you should be gone. And this Wolves team is is a team that that should make the playoffs, but they're not a lock. I mean, this is not a this is not a. Who cares about the friction? They're fine. They're a two or three seed. This is a year, maybe six, seven, eight. And so you can't convince me that that this is not going to play a role. Like you can't just say, well, who cares if Butler's not yeah. happy and Towns isn't happy? No, it's going to be important. And And if this team is going to make the playoffs, I think they're going to need to be on the same page. And if you have divisiveness between Jimmy Butler, basically Tibbs and Butler, Towns, Wiggy, Towns is not happy. He's really your star player. Okay, now in my mind, if you're going to have that type of friction, it's not going to be a positive thing. Now we're talking about you're going from a 7 or 8 seed, in my mind, to very easily being like 9 or 10, and you don't make it, and it all gets blown up because there's no direction here. Yeah, I saw. There's I don't, no direction. Don't you think going into the offseason, if you're Tom Thibodeau in this case, you are the coach. You are the president of basketball operations. This is your organization until Glenn Taylor decides that it's not anymore. This is your organization. You went into this offseason with two objectives. Pick one or the other. So you have, there's two objectives. It's either this or this in my mind. Either you find a way to get Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and maybe by extension Andrew Wiggins all on the same page and all ready to fight for the same vision and to at least have a great working relationship. And if you can't do that, objective number two should have been trade Jimmy Butler and find pieces that fit long-term with Carl Anthony Towns. And if you go through the offseason and haven't accomplished either one of those things, either getting these, these two guys to see the same vision and play together and work together in a, maybe they're not best friends, but like have a good working relationship, or you don't trade Jimmy Butler with one year left on his contract, then you have failed this offseason. Oh, absolutely. And it, it's like you said to Dukes last week. How do you not get... At least Cat and Butler in a room in May and say, okay, can we solve this? What's the problem? Like, what's the problem here? I get that Cat defensively is not great, but he's not a lazy player. I yeah. mean, he's not a bad, he, he is a superstar. Like, what do we need to do to get you two on the same page? And it's just like instead we've had, we've had months now of friction and turmoil and you're going to get to training camp and I don't think it's going to end. Yeah. So. Hey, another bright, sunshiny day. Minnesota sports. Hey, Vikings well, the Vikings, are, Vikings, the Vikings were fine. I actually legitimately Googled the date of the Super Bowl during the first quarter of that preseason game. I saw you game. tweeted that. I that was, that that's, was not a bit That's Twitter. really bad karma, by the way. <laughs> that's a really bad idea for Minnesota sports fans. It's in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys knew that. 
Yeah. I think it was here last year. Mm-hmm. Vikings would have been the first team to play in a Super Bowl at their home stadium. Uh, we will talk about the Vikings' chances in the upcoming Super Bowl here with Matthew Collar when we come back from the Purple Podcast and 1500ESPN.com. You know a place where there's never internal strife? I mean, maybe there is sometimes. It's whatever. It's, there's a lot of people who work there, but they squash it right away, I'm sure, because they have a great culture. Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard where they have had great people helping my family for 30-plus years. And right now, the National Toyota Clearance event is going on because they're trying to make room for the upcoming 2019 models. That means you get excellent deals on 2018s like RAV4s and Camrys and Corollas. You can get 0% APR financing. Uh, We're talking about lease specials that are out of this world. I like to lease because I love to change it up every two or three years and just sort of explore the new technology and the new safety features. So I've been on two or three year leases for about a decade now. And you know, if, but if you want to get into something long term, this is the best time to get into a 2018 model on the corner of 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. It's Luther Brookdale Toyota and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Cousins throwing for it. Touchdown. Who else? Stephon Diggs. And the Vikings draw first blood. All right. Did I hear football? Hold on. Sounded like football to me. Oh. Listen close. Faint sounds of football in the back. Yes. Listen close. There it is. Yeah. Oh, I hear yeah. it. It's, it's like a train coming down the tracks. Yeah, that's pretty Where you can, you can feel the house rattling before the train actually gets there. That's Matthew Collar coming in to talk football down the hallway. It's is like that a, football? It's like a storm siren when you don't realize at first what it is. It's such a woo, and you're like, oh, is that a car alarm? Is that, oh, no, that's a tornado. That's of, football. Of football. Yeah, like yeah. it's been building, it's been building, and then it hits. Do you think that ever happens where, like, you've got, you know, those little sand baseball field tornadoes? Does it ever happen at Vikings practice where, like, a football tornado just goes across one of the practice fields? Um, yeah, so when I was interviewing Jerry Gray for an article about the art of being good at press coverage, a football tornado just came and ran right into us, and then wow. there was just footballs everywhere. Wow, the art of being good at press coverage. We were talking about technique and oh, all this stuff. Oh, it's crazy. Mackie and Judd's press coverage. We actually have liners yes. for all those Jerry things. Gray must have been so excited to oh, talk to yeah. you about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Jerry's great. <laughs> what you got to do, Matthew, you got to get you in know, there. Assistant I, coaches are the go-to guys. Guys oh yeah, for that stuff. I, I got to think some of those guys though, because you know there's hordes of media that cover football, and if you come up with a really like hyper obsessive football question, I got to think they light up, right? Oh man, yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Depends so, on the guy though, sometimes, right? Yep, it definitely does. Because if you ask George Edwards whether the Earth was flat or how good Xavier Rhodes is at press coverage, he would give you the same answer. He just gives no answers whatsoever. It doesn't matter what your question is. It, it, like John Madden could show up and start asking questions, and it would not matter to George Edwards. But with, well, you won't even like it. Like what? Give it. Give me. So if you ask him, okay, you know what? What? What do you think about uh, you know um, uh, Xavier Rhodes in uh, press coverage? Uh, Xavier does a, a great job for us out there. Uh, he does what he's asked to do, and he works. Hard every single day, and then that's one of the reasons he's one of the best. But specifically, what makes him good at press coverage? Well, you know, he works really hard at it, and uh, that's what we know about Xavier is, uh, you know, every time we put him out there in any situation, really, uh, we know that he's going to handle his assignment. That's, thanks, George. Yeah, it's oh, that yeah, bad. But Yeah, you're right. John D. Filippo, when, when I asked him... Are you going uh, through a transcript? I'm going through a transcript <laughs> yeah. of an Edwards press yes. conference. Let me ask Ever- you one of the questions. Okay. What do we got here? Okay. <clears throat> Give me this one. About uh, Anthony George, Barr. Wh- what does Anthony Barr potentially provide coming off the edge 
for a D-line rotation. Mm. So, so very specific. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Anthony so, Barr off the edge. So we, we want an X and O answer yes. here for an for a in-depth piece. Anthony has done a very good job of embracing the rush. <laughs> what? Wait, I'm not done. I'm pausing. Rushing more. Giving him more opportunities to rush. He definitely has a skill set. We just look for him as we keep developing through training camp, keep getting better at that, and we'll try to continue to find ways to get him in pressure positions to get after the quarterback. I feel like it's more work to try and think of a non-answer it's, than it would be to just answer a question straight up, isn't it? I understand why some coaches take that approach, um, but it doesn't <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Okay, which one you got? <laughs> Give me this one. Holton Hill. Uh, George, what are your early impressions of Holton Hill? Oh, that's a great question. He, he's done a good job thus far. Again, he's that's a great question. He's in a learning situation, <laughs> but he's got good length. He's got good speed. We just look for him to come out here and be consistent with the calls and communications every day. You know, the techniques, the fundamentals. He's still just working and coming out here, competing every day. And that's what we're, lo- we're looking for him to continue to do. Football. I love how, I love so how he right. acknowledges... He tips the cap like, you know what? That's a good question. That's a great question. I'm uh, not going to even go close to answer. Not, not going to go. Uh, there. Okay, that's so, outstanding. And, and that's the thing. So, you know, George, they put him in charge when Zimmer had to miss the game of the defense, and he called a great game. He was a defensive coordinator in Buffalo, and I don't remember how good their defenses were, but like he has a lot of experience, and I'm certain that this man knows football, like that he could tell you great answers on all that stuff. Yeah. I think he just is probably concerned about making any sort of a headline or giving away any sort of information from the team. And some guys are so worried about that that they just don't want to give up anything. Now, John Filippo is the complete opposite of that because Filippo would do film breakdowns on the Eagles' website where they would go in-depth yeah. for what Carson Wentz's reads were and everything. All these guys know this stuff. Mm-hmm. If When something happens... The other team knows exactly what you called most of the time, probably 95% of the time. Um, and Filippo, he went bananas for why Stefan Diggs was so good at beating press coverage. I mean, it must have been a 300-word answer. It was fantastic. It was such great detail. And so everybody has their different approach. Filippo must feel very comfortable with diving into those X's and O's and feel like he can walk that line yep. where George just probably I'll tell you I hear, wants though. to be very careful. I'll tell, tell you I hear, and, and it comes down to one thing, empowerment. Um, George is not empowered. By Zimmer. By Zimmer, because Zimmer is the, the defensive guy. So if George gets up there and screws up, Mike's going to be yeah, very displeased. Yep. With with a guy like Shermer or Flip in this case, he gets up, up there, and this is his baby. When when Childress came here in 06 as, believe it or not, an offensive guy, right? Brad's an offensive guy. He was the OC. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Bevel wouldn't say his name in 2006. Yeah. And Tomlin got here, and it's like, here's my defense, and he didn't. Tomlin didn't give you a lot of trade secrets, but he definitely felt empowered, and and Bevel in that case didn't. I almost feel like Mike Zimmer is trying to protect his defensive intellectual property, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're not going to give anyone. We've got we've made this sauce over the course of fifteen years, and I don't want anyone to know the secret ingredient. And so, George, when you're speaking once a week or twice a week, like you're just going to be generic. We're not going to even hint at the secret ingredients to the sauce. Offensively, Zimmer's like. Whatever, just uh, somebody else run <laughs> well, the offense. Just so, yeah. point. You know, Pat, Pat Shermer, though, he was like George, too. So you would ask Shermer something about, like, hey, you know, you guys have really been using David Morgan, this two tight end sets. I mean, it seems like you've been able to you know, take advantage of that. And it would be the same sort of, like, 
Yeah, you know, David's done a great job for us. It'll just be like, I know he's done a great job for you. That's why I'm asking yeah. the question. And then Shermer goes out there, and he's a freaking wizard on Sunday. He's just caught pulling all the strings like the puppet master and getting a 13-3 and season out of Case Keenum. And you're like, are you the same person I just talked to the other day? Yeah. Because this is weird. But I'm it, rooting for him in New York, Oh, man. me too. I was watching yeah, part too. of that game the other night thinking, I, it would be really fun to watch him. For some reason, I just feel like, the work he did here and the raw job he got in Cleveland, this, yep. that dude deserves a legit chance. And if Eli Manning has any gas left in the tank, it would be fun to see Pat Shermer go on a run here for two or three years. Yeah, I don't know if Eli Manning does have any gas left in the tank, but they drafted a certain offensive lineman that is getting rave reviews in camp so far, which might help them. <clears throat> mm. Will Who Hernandez. Will Hernandez. I've never heard of him. Yeah, me mm. either. We didn't talk about Guard? him at all during draft time. Yeah. Um so the offensive line might be a little bit fixed. And the other thing, too, that was interesting about Eli, and this is one thing that we never really talk about with quarterbacks, is how many passes their receivers drop. So Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham both get hurt in like week two last year, and no quarterback had more passes dropped than Eli Manning. You had no running game, no offensive line, and more drops than anyone else in the NFL, and a coach who was just a goofball. Oh, greatest gym, gym teacher of all time to turn into <laughs> right. a pro head coach. Right. I, so, I miss McAdoo. So now he's got now you know now he's got a, a, a very smart offensive mind. Saquon Barkley, hopefully he's okay. He got dinged up in practice. He'll be or fine. Pulled, pulled something, but with those legs, he's all right. And then you know Odell Beckham is back. Evan Ingram is a really exciting tight end who was a high draft pick last year. So they could be a more competitive team. Uh, this is one thing that I've been trying to figure out: is like who are the teams? Because every year it's like what they were whatever last year, and yeah, now yeah. they're good. Like who's that going to be? And if Cleveland isn't a complete bleep show because of people like Greg Williams. They could be pretty interesting because their division's awful. The Bears are one of those teams because they made a bunch of moves and have a young quarterback. San Diego, I, I think, is a Super Bowl contender and was a better team than most playoff teams last year, but missed. Okay, I'm glad. So Super Bowl contender is really aggressive, but I don't disagree with you. I think San Diego, for like the last two months last season, and I've always been a huge Philip Rivers apologist, even with his wacky, fading sidearm slide. I, I think in a weak AFC... San Diego could be pretty fun. One thing on Saquon Barkley, he does have really absurdly large legs. It's crazy. And like when you said Saquon Barkley uh, probably won't because like you said he, he's banged up or injured or something right now. Is that what you said? Did he, yeah, did he get d- nicked or something? Up or something. I envision like if he were to ever tear a hamstring or tear like a quad muscle, you know how during hurricanes when telephone wires will like snap from the poles and go like crazy? Oh, yeah. Like what right. would happen That's if you hamstring. were within 10 feet of him blowing a hamstring? <laughs> oh, it would, would, sna- you, like, it would, would it snap back and off? kill you. Yeah. Break your neck. <laughs> and, and no, he, he pulled a hamstring in practice yesterday. And it was one. It was one of those ones, though. It was one of those damn training camp runs that that you hate because he broke away. Oh yeah. And it's like, uh, dude, dude, you don't, you don't need it. No, don't, don't score. Don't bother no, scoring. You gotta take it. To yeah. The, and he took it to the house. And right around the five or so, you see him just go ah and pull up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You gotta get that cardio in. Yeah, I don't need that. He from him. is one of the most interesting players going into this entire year because even though he is a tremendous prospect. You still drafted a running back that high when Eli Manning is as old as Judd. It's like, what were you thinking in a quarterback and not draft? Not as handsome, by the way. Judd athlete challenge. Can what? he throw a ball as far as Eli Manning? Hey, Eli, <laughs> Omaha, this. Yeah, he'd, he'd, be cl- he'd be closer than most other pro quarterbacks. It was, a, but uh, 
I'm with you. It was it was a little bit odd. I mean, Josh but, Rosen is right there. Is there anybody more perfect for that situation well, it, than Josh Rosen? And it's weird because because with McAdoo there, they benched him and seemingly transitioned to okay, we stink and we're going to draft a quarterback and get good again eventually. And then they hired Shermer, and it's like, no, the mandate is to, to be good immediately, and so we're going to draft right. Barkley. I think in 2018, at least, I think I take the quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Like in 1996, absolutely. Barkley, without a doubt, might go first overall in that draft. But I think now, I think if I can do it, especially with an aging quarterback on my roster, I think I take the quarterback. And yeah. if you think that you're going to have a better supporting cast with Odell Beckham coming back and a decent defense, you might be able to just slide a quarterback in there who's a rookie and see him succeed. I mean, I think that these rookies are, even though we hear this all the time, like, oh, you know, the college offense and stuff. But I also watch and see a lot of college stuff on a week-to-week basis in the NFL. And we saw Dak Prescott come in as a fourth-round pick and go 13-3 and with the Dallas Cowboys. I think that rookie quarterbacks have the ability to come in and play on a competing team. So with them, it still blows my mind that they decided to go Barkley instead of Rosen. However, they could have messed it up worse had they gone with Josh Allen, who I think was, Dude, it will yeah. be the biggest bust of the entire draft. When you get tricked into big arm over all the other deficiencies, in 2018, with all the information you have about quarterbacks and what matters, that's amazing to me, but... There it is. But it happens Josh every Allen. single yeah. year. Let's uh, take a quick break here. Come back. The hot take police are circling in regards to something said about Kirk Cousins and Case Keenan that we have to get to. Nobody on this show, but it's a it's definitely a hot take police alert here. Mackie and Judd, Matthew Collar hanging out with us. Myron Medcalf's going to join at 10 o'clock. We always watch sports in this studio. It's always, in fact, rumor has it we're going to get a couple more TCL TVs in here. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have like a wall of TCL TVs. So our it, we we might just be doing distracted radio here for the foreseeable future. But we've got that 4K picture quality. It's the best picture quality of any TV on the market. Uh, you got the built-in Roku device, which gives you instant access to all kinds of streaming platforms. So with streaming options so widely available here in 2018, and a lot of people still have cable and satellite packages, and you're kind of mixing and matching what you watch on a regular basis. The built-in Roku device on these TCL TVs makes it really easy just to toggle back and forth between your page of satellite or cable channels and then your page of streaming channels, your Hulus, your MLB TVs, your WWE networks, whatever it is, YouTube, um, you name it. And uh, again, we've just it's it's always on 24/7 in here. We're always rocking something whether it was uh, the PGA Championship last week or this fantasy football marathon. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Four hours of trauma. (laughs) Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The great Minnesota get-together is almost here. While you're making your state fair plans, be sure to add 1500 ESPN to your list. Swing by our booth at the corner of Dan Patch and Chambers to watch your favorite shows broadcast live from the front porch. And check out the new merchandise in the pro shop. More details can be found at 1500ESPN.com. And also... Obviously worth noting, that'll be uh, Garage Logic. Garage Logic is, is going to, I'm guessing, uh, pull no punches in terms of what they're going to have on stage for that entire State Fair period. So, And the ride with Royce. So, and we'll be there too. So check us out at the State Fair, like James just said. Gentlemen, I don't know, uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get off with a warning here on this one. <laughs> we're not. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. 
All suspects are innocent until proven guilty mm. in hot take court. Mm. You know what this calls for, boys? A beatdown. Calls for a be- hot take beatdown. We pull this guy from the car, beat him up. Wow, oh, these are sensitive times, okay? And then we take him to jail. <laughs> you just say that in 2018. <laughs> I got no problem saying it about this guy. Judd. I got no problem saying it about Judd. this guy. So, all right, so Skip Bayless... Who I can't believe still has a, a license to deliver takes. Mm-hmm. Didn't someone strip his license long ago? They Did should not take court, not strip this guy's license. He's been revoked. He, yeah, <laughs> I would think so. Uh, so our our Twitter follower Al summarizes. Apparently on his morning show, his his show Undisputed, Skip Bayless said Kirk Cousins is now the most overpaid quarterback in the history of pro football. I mean, maybe, but like every quarterback makes a lot of money now. Uh, Cousins will not have. Quite a good year this year, as Case Keenum has for the Broncos. Keenum made Diggs and Thielen better, <laughs> not the other way around. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. See? Um, as my wife likes to say, excuse me? Hmm. If you pulled... Yeah, I'm not... Bu- I'm everyone not, who watches what? football... I'm not buying into if that If you one. pulled everyone in football who in America who watches football and said... Who made who better last year? Yep. Case Keenum making Stefan Diggs and Adam feeling better or the other way around? I'm pretty sure 95% of football um, watching Americans would agree with. Weird, weird how uh, Sam Bradford the year before also had his career best season. And then Case Keenum had his career best season. I'm so, I, I don't know. Uh, that might be you? one of the worst takes in the history of the entire world. That is that is absolutely, I have never watched a Minnesota Vikings sporting contest. Do you think they come to Skip with like a list of topics and, and the route that he should go, and then he just does? It might be a great game to think of something in sports and be like, okay, how could we bailist this thing? Yeah. You you know? Know, well, I can tell you guys, I was, I was alluding to this to you guys during the commercial break. I remember where I was the first time I ever got outraged over a Skip Bayless take. I remember the year. I remember the room I was sitting in and and what I was doing. I was, this is 2005, and Skip Bayless was a contributor to that cold take show in the yeah, morning. Yeah. And he also wrote articles for, I think, ESPN2. Yeah. And, and there was yeah, some pizza. sort of article that he wrote about Kevin Garnett. So this is Garnett <laughs> with the Wolves, you know, three years before he leaves. And I don't remember the exact specifics of who was on the roster at that time, but it was that was that was after they went to the Western Conference Finals. And his take about Kevin Garnett was that Garnett doesn't make his teammates better. Like the whole article was about how KG doesn't make his teammates better. Like, oh, and he wrote okay. Like, so so he he actually wrote about yeah, it was, this like, one. It was a column. Okay. I mean, you might even be able to find it somewhere on the I mean, the old school internet. He might have believed that one. And I remember like reading it. it and my blood boiling. Like if if there's any criticism of Kevin Garnett, it's that he defers to his teammates too much in the fourth quarter. Look how many assists he dishes out. Look how many, look at the dirty things he does. Look at the shooting percentages of guys like Fred Hoiberg now with him compared to and then I caught myself like, wait a second, this is ridiculous. Like he's there's no way he's serious. But I I kept mm-hmm. pounding the desk. So I watched in this my whole thing dorm in college with Skip on Monday, and here's what I think he was doing. And this is like how weird his whole hot takes thing is. He hates cousins. So he was trying to get at at why Keenum is better than Kirk. Right. Yes. But he backed into it then by basically saying the Keenum made two guys who he didn't make cuz then he he gave this litany of statistics about how bad Kirk was in Washington. So it was this very convoluted weird deal of where he almost where he almost ripped the receivers because he was trying to really rip Cousins but find a creative way to do it. 
Right. It's kind of like with his hot, like Terrell Owens takes once upon a time. So I didn't grow up with cable and I didn't get cable until I was like 22 in at, at the end of my time in college. And so the first thing I did was like, oh, I'm going to watch ESPN all the time. I am a sportsman. <laughs> and so for like... <laughs> I am a sportsman. Sportsman. The first like the first like three days, I was like, man, this network's got a lot of sports guys. Everybody's talking it's, about it all the time. It's like and, twenty-three or twenty-four hours yeah. of live sports and by, programming. And by day, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. I just discovered it's brand new. I'm going to tell everybody about it. So then I just uh, run all day by like day four of watching his show. I was like, wait a minute. His arguments are there. Le- LeBron and Terrell Owens are bad. I don't think I want to watch this anymore. Like, I'm not that, a sportsman anymore. And, and I, yeah, right. No, I will remain a sportsman, but I'm just going to read a book. Yeah. Like, this is this is not for me. You know, it's funny. Like, you could see it. We led the show with this, just talking about the preseason game on Saturday night. And it's I get it's one preseason quarter of football. But if you just watched the the 30 minutes of real time that Kirk Cousins and Case Keenum were out there playing football... And Cousins, granted, made some incredible throws. That throw down the right sideline mm-hmm. was an incredible drop-in-the-bucket throw. But it's really nice to know that you can sort of put a ball up like that, blanket coverage, and your amazing top-ten wide receiver with glue on his hands is going to reel that thing in. And then you watch Case Keenum in the same game, and there's two or three passes that were, you know, pretty customary for Case Keenum. High, a little wide left over here. And you don't have Adam Thielen jumping up the elevator shaft to grab it and bail you out on the sidelines anymore. The the thing that's offensive, and yes, the the throw to Diggs was fantastic. The catch was fantastic. I would expect a lot of that. We've seen a lot of that in camp. The thing that's annoying about that argument of like, oh, Keenum made him better, which is just so preposterous, but is that there is an argument for Case Keenum. And it, I don't know if he's if it's just not hot enough or he's not smart enough to make it or he didn't put any time into this take, so he just thought, like, oh, I'll just say he made the receivers because I just make stuff up as I go along. But if you are making a, the argument for Case Keenum, you can do it. He is $10 million plus cheaper than Kirk Cousins is. Right now you got no cap space. You can't do a darn thing. If you had brought back Case Keenum and you had added – two offensive linemen in free agency, then you would probably be just as good. Or if you added, I don't know, at the, I mean, and Dominican Sue became a free agent at one point. And if you added him or if you added some other, I don't know, safety or, or another th- a third wide receiver that's not Kendall Wright who can actually play. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, these other options... What's the equation here of what you could have done with ten million? That's really the question versus how those two are going to play. The gap between Cousins and Keenum really isn't that much when you look at their careers and when they've had good times. It's always been great supporting cast. You go through the list of Kirk Cousins' offensive minds that he's had. Kyle Shanahan, genius. Sean McVay, genius. Jay Gruden is a really smart offensive mind too. I mean, and, and now we'll see with John D. Filippo. Here, yeah. But the point is just, we said last year, hey, uh, Keenum was made by Pat Shermer, really brilliant offensive mind and supporting cast. Could you have jacked up the supporting cast even more this year with that $10 million and then not had to have him over over three years even or, or be locked into my concern him the same there, though, way? My, my concern with that is is what, what we talked about a lot during the course of last year, though, which was is Case Keenum is going to be to go to revert back at least to 
who he's been. I, I, I honestly feel in my heart of hearts that if Keenum was going to emerge like he did in 2017, that that emergence happens before it was, it was a great year and it was a fun year. But if the Vikings had sat there and stood pat and re-signed him and he failed, I'm going to bash him. Now I, now I think they're smart enough to say this might not work, but, but this is a Super Bowl blueprint type of team. And so we're at least going to, in our minds, go get the best QB possible. Mm-hmm. So I give them credit because we have seen this team far too much throughout its history Stand pat and be happy. You know, so, so this is this is a move that I at least get. This is a dumb house analogy here, but it's like your house is built, and the only thing left is the master bedroom. Do you want to go cheap? Like you've already spent all this money to like build a house from scratch, and it's and it's got beachfront property, right? And like the master bedroom is not quite finished. The place that you're going to spend eight hours a night trying to re-energize. Are you going to go cheap on an uncertain bed? Or are you going to go and? Are you gonna go sleep number like that's so and maybe he's not a sleep number. I don't know. Maybe sleep number is um, not even the best bed. Well, and and that's the the thing about these two quarterbacks is Phil, Phil Mackey here for sleep number. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's the Kirk Cousins of beds. But but uh, the issue is that like Kirk Cousins is kind of more like Case Keenum than you think. Now he's a better thrower of the football. There's no question about that. But he also has shortcomings where Keenum is good. Uh, Cousins has not been good in the red zone. Case Keenum was fantastic in the red zone. The the plays when things break down, and they're both very good at the line of scrimmage. They're both really pumped up by play action. I mean, if you look at Cousins' play action versus no play action, there's a big difference there. Same with Case Keenum last year. They both have the story of not really being the highest draft pick and the most touted guy, but they were helped to get to this place by being hard workers, obviously, and very smart people. So that makes a huge difference, but also by their circumstances. In Washington, we act like the guy had nothing. Well, their defense wasn't that great, but I would also say their defense had to deal with a lot of extra possessions from turnovers by Kirk Cousins. That Mm -hmm. was one thing that the Vikings defense last year did not have to deal with because Keenum, for all we made fun of him, didn't turn the ball over that much. It's The the whole regression point is, is right on. I'm just saying that if so, so I don't believe Keenum would have the same year either. But the point is that if you're going to make that argument, you can do it. If there's still people out there who are saying, yeah, I wish they kept case instead of paying this guy so much money, that's a fair thing to say. But wh- it wasn't that hard to come up with, and yet Skip Bayless couldn't even get there. Yeah, he's in the he's in the back of the hot take police car right now. Like the and they're and by the way, you don't even get rights read to you. You're just you're going to high take jail. Sorry. But Judd's assaulting him right now. Yeah, apparently Judd yeah. He's bleeding right now. <laughs> it's over for Skip. Mackie and Judd, Matthew Collar hanging out. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Oakley Dokley. On fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. On 1500 ESPN. Her wide receiver made uh, seven digs get all that money that he got. Last year at this time, Adam, you were 81st overall in fantasy ratings. This year, you're, you go into the, in the same spot one year later, 29th. So you jumped a lot of spots. Interesting. You know who's number 30? Some guy named Stefan Diggs. Your teammate is one spot behind you. Walk in there, demand a raise right now, Adam. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, you know, luckily that's why I have an agent, and uh, you know, I get to just go out there and, and play football. So, um, like I said, that's uh, why you hire a guy like that. 
uh, why I can just not have to worry about that stuff and just go out there and, and play football and and uh, try to be the best teammate and help this team win games. I told you guys his answer before <laughs> I heard the soundbite. You guys said we're going to play a soundbite uh, of Thielen talking about his contract, and I said, oh, he's going to say that's why I have an agent and I just want to go out there and play football. I mean, it is. It's funny because when he signed the contract, I don't think when he signed the contract it was oh, it's good for him. He signed a new contract, and oh, that is a good good deal for the team now. And what is it? A, a year later? Is it? Are we? Or two year, years later? Two one year, year later. And now it's like, whoa! That's one of the. That's the most criminally team friendly deal in the NFL right okay, now. Okay, right? so Doogie and I put some work into this, and uh, so I'm going to call it co scoop. Okay. Wow. Because well, I kind of uh, pushed him to kind of look into this thing with Theo and the contract, <laughs> and he helped out with his scoopage. So I'll tell you where we stand with that. And I asked someone else out at the Performance Center of Performance and got the same answer. So it seems like after this year it'll be addressed, is what I understand. You know how Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph still had Mm. time left on their deals, but they reworked those deals and they signed contract extensions and they got a bunch of money up front. So if Adam Thielen has the year that you expect him to have, again, even if it's not 90 catches, let's say it's 70 then he will be a highly paid receiver next year. It's just you get to the point where how are you going to continue to pay all these people? And and somebody's going to have to get axed here. I mean, is it Trey Wayans potentially? After the way Mike Hughes has started out uh, in training camp in his first game, maybe maybe it's possible or maybe that's Anthony Barr's money. It's just it's really tough to figure out how they're going to keep paying everyone. I mean, Everson Griffin and uh, Kyle Rudolph – both of those guys could be, if, if they don't have great years this year, both of those guys could be on the chopping block, too, for next year to be able to keep someone like Thielen. But I, that would be my expectation, that after this year they readdress his contract and he's going to make something like Diggs makes. But here, the moment I go back to is not really about Thielen or his agent or that contract. Somebody has one good year, it's very hard to get $70 million from someone, but... If you were every other team, I wrote this as an article. If you were every, any other sick team. I write articles, bro, Bragg. Any other team, why would you not come in and say, if you're the Green Bay Packers and say, all right, we're going to offer Thielen $50 million, $60 million based on that one year because all of the things that were repeatable were there. His ability to track the ball, his route running. It wasn't mm-hmm. a fluke. I'll tell you, you why know, they I, didn't. Because Ted Ted w- was afraid that the Vikings might say fine leave, and Ted Thompson never wanted any part of that contract. Because yeah. because you're right, it makes perfect sense. Anybody, but this, the Bears, but this the is Lions, why Ted's gone. Anyone, but this is why Ted's yeah. gone because he looked at he looked at his Hall of Fame generational quarterback and said, "I'm doing a really good job drafting receivers in the fourth round." Can you imagine Rodgers with Thielen? I mean, it would just be like they've already got decent receivers. It's criminal what that team has done to him, but. If you Rogers, if you had come in and offered him, if you had looked at that play from 2016, and of course, you know, I watch every game back and talk to everybody out there. Nobody thought it was a fluke. There was a bunch of articles last year. Was Thielen a fluke? No, not from 2016. No. And if someone had come in, then maybe the Vikings would have had to match that and been in even worse financial shape now. Maybe they don't get to re-sign somebody. Maybe they don't get to bring in Sheldon Richardson as a competitive way of going about things. And, of course, guess who does this? Belichick. Belichick will do this to other teams in the AFC East. Oh, you've got a restricted free agent? Uh, I'm going to offer him way too much money because, A, I know he's good, Chris Hogan. And, B, I know that 
I will get a, uh, I'll have to give you a low draft pick, second or third round, but like whatever. A third round draft pick versus getting Chris Hogan as a wide receiver. It's just, I don't know why teams don't really utilize this. Yeah. And even if, even if the team matches, like, great, then you have to pay a guy more than you wanted to. Yeah. So if, if they have to make a decision at some point on Adam Thielen or blank defensive player, I'm still in the camp of, you don't have a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, yep. Yep. so you can't start taking away weapons. Otherwise, you're going to expose a guy for being maybe slightly above league average. So yep. I would, I would lean on as hard as it is to say to Zimmer, like if we have to sacrifice Mike, some defensive players, we're going to rely on your defensive genius and scheming to make up for a couple holes because we can't take away star offensive players from Kirk Cousins. Yep. So and uh, I think that Zimmer is going to have to deal with this if they don't sign Barr. That, like, how is he going to feel if they don't sign Barr going through next year? Is he going to be frustrated by all the money that they had to spend on other guys? But, I mean, somebody's got to get chopped at some point here. Uh, with Barr, though, there has been no rumblings whatsoever. Normally, if you're getting close you start to kind of get that sense or you see some national reporters with, well, you know, the agents leaking me that it might happen mm-hmm. or whatever. But, uh, you know, in this case, it doesn't seem like there's any buzz whatsoever about Anthony Barr signing an extension, but he's still there every day. Yeah. And he's been going through walkthroughs. He's practiced sometimes. I would expect week one he's there and then we just go on from, from there. But it doesn't seem like these two sides are going to come to an agreement soon. All right, you got to go back uh, to watch football practice. So see you, Matthew. Get on out of here. Stuff. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. More football. Myron Medcalf is going to come hang out. I'm going to go. I'm going to say goodbye until tomorrow. So, Judd, you and Myron are going to uh, steer this plane. There's an, I, I don't know if you guys are going to talk about this next exactly, but I'm going to throw it out there for a topic that Buster only has a very interesting report about what the Yankees could be looking for here in the next two weeks. Yeah, we are going to t- talk about that Maybe next. Maybe pertains going, to the Twins. And it's going to be a lot of fun because we are going to give a guy an opportunity to succeed at the highest level wow. possible, and that makes us givers. Wow. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN.